Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 41, January 7th, 2023. So glad you could make it. I'll be tempted to just name this episode 41, as it is the 41st episode. Nod to Dave. We'll start off with some lyrics from 41. In a way, I used to pray for all of the loneliness that nobody notices now. I'm begging slow. I'm coming here, only waiting. I wanted to stay. I wanted to play. I wanted to love you. I'm only this far, and only tomorrow leads the way. I'm coming waltzing back and moving into your head. So a little 41 lyrics for the 41st episode today. A lot a lot going on. Um, this is actually going to be part one of a two-part episode um, that I'm going to record both this weekend. Um, because next weekend I'll be up in the hot tub in Hilton Head for HHX with the uh, the bests. So I'm going to go ahead and, and split my trip to New York and Madison Square Garden into day one and day two. And we'll just do day one today. But how, how about that Speaker of the House stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, I have uh, I'm a big nerd for that kind of stuff, but uh it was a pretty good way to start off teaching government and a new class of civics and all that kind of stuff, especially when they, I like the word fisticuffs, where they almost came to blows uh, last evening before they were able to figure it out. So yeah, good luck. Um, good luck, Gary, uh, you know, governing, I think is the word I'm looking for. But anyway, uh, night one, day one, I, I did, I took a trip, I bought myself a solo trip to New York and went up a couple, what, last year? Last year for New Year, Sam and I were going to go up for a couple of the um, Fish New Year shows, but whatever, Omicron or whatever came and postponed those shows until April until we didn't make it. But of course, you can check out um, mine and Sam's trip in DT, Sam and Fluffhead come to New York. I don't know what number episode that is, but uh, you can check that out and hear about our travels um, from there when we did go up and see fish at um, on Long Island and then caught a Mets game as well as Phantom of the Opera. And part of that uh, experience is why this time I did book the earliest flight, you know, the first flight out really uh, from Charlotte. Douglas Airport CLT headed to LGA to LaGuardia. Um, so my my flight took off, I guess, a little after what, a little after seven, and so I needed to be at the airport by five because I'm a, at least a two hour guy. Um, and and you know this was in the midst of that that massive winter storm that was canceling all the flights that did just cripple Southwest especially, but American Airlines held it together and all of my flights were on time. But I was 
I was there early. You know, I was planning on waking up and leaving at 4 a.m. I had everything packed and ready to go. But of course, that night before, um, anticipating what is that signal detection theory, anticipating the um, the alarm going off, I went ahead and woke up at three ish, got my stuff together, and then and then took off. So definitely at the airport in plenty of time. Listening to the Avit Brothers and Mandolin Orange, I've got a, a playlist called Ultimate Chill, which is undefeated, really. Um, but I try to, again, I don't know if you know about Patrick Rothfuss and um, The Name of the Wind and uh, King Killer Chronicles and all that kind of stuff, but it, it, it's um, he talks about settling into the heart of stone, and I think about that because I, I haven't always been a huge fan of flying. Um, but honestly, this time I, I loved it. I really did. Like I loved it. I don't really even recall, like maybe one time when the, when the plane banks, you know, I'm not a big fan of that, but, um, even then it didn't, I didn't experience any rushes of dread or anxiety or anything like that. I, I told my, uh, my psychologist, I told my counselor, um, before I even went that I, I was going and that I, I used to be really terrified of flying. I, I let her know this time that I, I, <laughs> I realized I just told her that so she'd be so she'd be proud of me because I have this problem where I need you to be. Um but anyway, we, we did. I got on the plane. Now, you know, people have their oh, their animals, you know, there are plenty of emotional support animals in the um airport and so on. And I don't have an emotional support animal, but I guess like I am still kind of overcoming what used to be a real terror, I guess, of flying. And so the way that I deal with that now is I do fly up in the front of the plane, which you might call first class. Um, and so I know last week I talked about how uh, one of my resolutions is I want to lean into that my name is actually Daniel and begin to really understand who I am. Um, maybe I'll talk more about that here in just a bit. But I have to admit that Bougie D. I, I mean, that's got a good ring to it um, because I know that flying up at the front of the plane is definitely bougie, um, but uh, I had some points and, and so I was able to make it happen and, you know, some creative financing and so on. But I was up there and I, I got in the second row left side uh, because I read that's where you want to see the city as you're coming in. And so I put my earbuds in, you know, it's too early to have my sunglasses on, but I don't really want to talk to the person beside me. I want to settle into this heart of stone and just kind of enjoy my trip. And, uh, and that was good. Nobody was really wanting to talk to me. Although I did have to, I did have to pee cause I was drinking a lot of water and my cachava and all that. And so like I had to really go right before takeoff and I got in trouble a little bit with, um, the flight attendants, but it was all good. Uh, and, and, and before we actually took off as we taxied on, you know, everything's on time, but we taxied off and they were like, yeah, we got to de-ice. And I'd never experienced that before, but we just parked the plane and these cr- these crane truck type things came over and, and just shot the, the plane with all this spray. Uh, that took about five minutes. And then, and then we were off with a, a super, super smooth flight. Um, I got into LaGuardia. I didn't have to check any bags. And so I was off quickly. Um, got the lift to the hotel, had flashbacks because, and I actually, I think I sent a snap to Sam because um, I did have flashbacks about when we were racing uh, to uh, to catch the lift when we were just like 30 minutes away and we had to, man, just listen to DT Fluff and Sam go to New York and, and 
and hear about that craziness. But but in this case, it was all good. And I was so super early that as I got to the lift to the hotel, after seeing the city flying in, which was just the whole trip, I just kept thinking that it was a marvel. You know, like it really is a marvel of what humans have done to create cities like that. You know, these skyscrapers where there just isn't room to go out. So they went up um, and seeing the, the Liberty coming in and just the different, man, it was really something. Um, so anyway, I, I couldn't check into my hotel yet. So I got, I, I still had some money left on my, my subway card from the summer. So I took the train uh, down. I'm a city guy, so it was no big deal, you know, just to find the train and the subway down to the hole in the wall, which is the place Orth had told me about. And Sam and I ate there last time. And, um, I got to the station, the, the Fulton street station. And I, I just, I don't know, like the tricky part is which exit to go out. Like the train part is easy, but which exits do you go out? And when I came out, I just wasn't oriented and I wasn't quite sure which way to walk. Um, and Google wasn't helping me much with that. So I did have to call Matt. He was in PA and, uh, but he was able to tell me which way to go. And I was really close. So I was pretty proud of that, but I stand in line for a little bit at this place hole in the wall, which I was going to get the brekkie roll, but it, it just wasn't the same. They had put some different ingredients on the brekkie roll, which I respect, you know, a, a restaurant changing it up, but it wasn't what I wanted. So I was thrown for a loop and I ended up getting the, uh, the chicken blah, it was the chicken blat, you know, the, it was, it was bacon, lettuce, avocado, and tomato. But in, in true dad joke fashion, I ordered the chicken blah straight up because I didn't want the tomato. And it was, it had a little spice to it. In the last couple of years, I just really haven't had much spice. Um, it was tasty. And then, uh, anyway, I took the train back to the hotel, hoping that the the place would be ready for me. And, and it was, and that was great. So I was able to, to get in kind of early around noon and, and unload my stuff and catch a shower and unpack and all that stuff. And then I just tried to rest some, you know, watch a little TV. I wasn't really there to be a tourist. Um, ended up in my place, old country coffee and got my, uh, my coffee, black coffee. And man, I got a chocolate chip scone and it was, I mean, wow. Oh my gosh, I really think about getting into making scones and seeing if I can make one that's a chocolate chip scone. Scooped up a bunch of bottles of water just in case the water in the hotel wasn't good, but it was. So I just used those uh, at the uh, at the concerts. And so took it easy, pretty good. Uh, ate my protein bar, my Cliffs Builders bar, and then I headed to the show at 5.55, of course. Doors opened at 6.30, and so I'm standing in line for a little while. Just wasn't quite what, sure what the scene was going to be, but um, got in pretty quick to find out that in the first 30 minutes, 6.30 to 7, um, all the all the foods and stuff were, were half price. So I got my 32-ounce Pepsi because I go hard these days. And uh, I only got some fries. I didn't get the chicken tendies, but uh, I went with the fries. And then I ended up going down to my spot, which was basically just the back of the floor in these makeshift seats. And it was it was dope. And I had to do some rearranging because the way the numbers, you know, the number one seat wasn't on the aisle. It was all the way at the end, which was kind of a bummer because I was number three, but whatever. Um, it all worked out and I was just in the sweet spot, left side of the soundboard. So, you know, if you're right there at the soundboard, that's where the sound is going to be awesome. 
because that's where the mix is coming from. And so, you know, anyway, traditional. So that was all that. And then now we're going to get into some fish. And so I don't know if you know the band. If you don't, then this stuff probably isn't going to make much sense to you. But I'm there and the anticipation is just, I mean, palpable, right? Like you can just, you can just feel it. I don't know how many people fit into Madison Square Garden. It's my first time in the garden. And I don't know if you've ever been to the Asheville Civic Center. What's, is it Harrah's or Cherokee Casino, whatever it is now. Um, but that's what it felt like. It felt like I was in the Asheville Civic Center in terms of the intimacy of a, a space that's six or 8,000. But I bet, I mean, what was it? 20,000 people in there? I don't know. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever seen fish indoors. So we're there and, you know, I'm talking to some of the people and, and of course the, the game is, okay, what are they going to open with? And nobody really had any idea and I didn't have any idea. And they opened with a song called Buried Alive, which is an instrumental, but which really portends you're about to get the heat. And indeed, Wolfman's brother came next and it, it, it just... I can't possibly describe it. The best word I can come up with is elation. Like my body was just covered in chills and goosebumps and like just the best possible feeling. I'm I'm sober. Like I'm completely sober as I have been for the past two years. And 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 it was just phenomenal the way Trey and the band just build it up and deliver just this man this moment of just high intensity and beautiful music oh my gosh and then they followed up with maze which was really cool to hear uh when i was in noblesville i saw six shows this year and so when i was in noblesville at the beginning of june um they played maze and they slowed it down which was cool for like a minute and then everybody was kind of like i'm not sure about this so they brought it back uh so so buried alive wolfman's maze just amazing and then it kind of settled back down into reality with a song called sigma oasis where you see people kind of filing out heading to the restrooms and stuff like that sigma oasis into nicu you you thought they were going to go into some darkness into some some jam but but there was kind of this battle between mike and trey the bassist and the lead and the lead won, and they went into this short version of a song called nicu and then they followed that up with a song called steam and so I say that it settled back down into reality, but the reality was I was at a fish show at Madison Square Garden, and so it's not like that was bad or terrible. Um, and then they launched into a song called Tila. And I don't know, again, if you don't know about fish, you, you know, they, a lot of their music is based on a thesis that the lead Trey Anastasia wrote, um, a thesis that he wrote at the University of Vermont his graduate thesis, I guess. And it's, it's about a place called game hinge. Like he created, he created a rock opera basically. I mean, like a, he created a story. He wrote this story of game hinge. And so there's all these different kind of characters, but it's all set to music. And so, so many of their songs come from this land of game hinge. And Tila is one of those. Tila is, I mean, it's just a beautiful song sang, sung by, uh, the keyboardist Paige McConnell, just a real treat, like uh, just a real treat. Um, so uh, that was that was underlined twice in my little notebook. And then Stash, which has been a favorite for a long time, and then Split Open and Melt to end set one. And as it sounds like Split Open and Melt, it does get into some what Fish fans call Type Two territory, where it gets really dissonant. It gets really ah, like tension filled, and what is happening and it doesn't make you feel the good, happy feelings. Like it just, 
it takes you to different places, which is a lot of the reason why I like the music. I like to experience the dissonant because it's a real thing. And but then they bring it back and just bah, bah, bah. yeah, close set one. Just uh just awesome. Set break was wild, man. Set break was wild because there were these two guys standing beside me and they I mean this in the best possible way, but they were nerds. They were there, their first fish show, and they were talking the whole time about like NFT. Is that a thing? Whatever. Like, I don't know, man. It was just talking a lot. And they were talking about the different types of cameras that were being used. And that's cool, man. You, you do your thing. But I just don't want to hear you talking much. I want to be listening to the music. And uh, it wasn't terrible. And one of the guys went to, to the concession stand during the set break. And this guy behind us, man, he oh, he spewed on on one of the guys. He spewed on the guy beside me. It was too bad, man. It wasn't like oh, it was just bad. Those so those two guys ended up leaving. The 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 spewer and his girlfriend they ended up paying. I don't know how much cash they gave the guy, but man, they ended up leaving. So I had some space, but I wasn't going to move into that space, both because it was the zone. And also because what if the guy has to go again, man, that was, uh, that was too bad. But anyway, back to set two opens with free, which is just a phenomenal song, classic fish song into a wave of hope, which if you've listened to me at all, or you know anything about what I've talked about a wave of hope, or if you know what the token of hope is, that is a sponsor of this show, um, this too shall pass. So that was just really fantastic. That kind of what started me at the beginning of in Noblesville, I heard a wave of hope. It's what kind of led me down this new, one of these new pathways that I'm, that my mind is going. This too shall, you know, the, the wave out of chaos, out of the chaos, a wave appears. It's the wave of hope. And it's, you know, it's, it's something, it's, it's what my friend Delaney was able to paint for me. Um, which I'll talk more about um, more about later, uh, but um, that'll be in episode two when I'll talk more about that painting. But what I got to thinking about there was like, you know, it's out of the chaos, the wave appears, and it goes on. Like this jam goes on for a good 20 minutes after they get through the lyrics. And so my mind is thinking, you know, just like it was back in Noblesville when I couldn't stop focusing on this too shall pass, which has become very important to me. But this time I just got to thinking about out of the chaos, the wave appears. And the only thing I could, could, could ponder was that the wave and the chaos are not two. They're, they're one. There, there isn't a true boundary between those things. I don't just mean it in, in the sense that you couldn't know the light if you didn't know the dark. I, I think it's something more than that. It is that. And the boundaries that we create are, are good and okay, and it helps us to classify, it helps us to identify. But the wave and the chaos are not two. It's not that the chaos is negative and then the wave of hope appears out of it. I don't know. I'm not sure I could say much more about it, but I think it's really, really important. They take wave of hope into its ice, which is just awesome. Um, I'm texting my guys back home that were at Big Cypress with me that, you know, it's a pyramid of ice, man. I have to tell you about that more. And then into a song called Leaves, just which is like a slowed down Trey ballad. One of the ones that has meant so much to me, been on just about 
every playlist that I've had, it just says someone's always telling me to breathe. It just ends with breathe, breathe, breathe. You know, we built this, we built this thing out of lies. And now we fan the flames and we wonder what's going on. And now I just need to listen to the leaves. And the leaves are telling me to calm down. You know, the leaves are telling me to breathe. So that was a beautiful thing. And that thing went into a song called Simple, which was an arena rocker. I did not know what Madison Square Garden was going to be like until this moment. And every single person in there, they've got a line in there about skyscrapers. And and when that line came up and we're in New York City and every single person in there is just yelling that at the top of their lungs, I have not experienced energy like that. I, I don't know, maybe ever. Like that might be the peak of at least concert energy, collective type energy. Wow, man, that was really something. Simple into plasma into twist like they haven't stopped yet set two they have just kept on going twist and then they follow that with harry hood to close the set harry hood just a masterpiece maybe the masterpiece of fish and i had not heard that one this year for sure and it's i mean i hadn't seen them since 1999 into 2000 so it had been a long time but just oh man just phenomenal. And then they go back and they, they wrap that up. They come out for Encore and play a song called Esther. Another one that is, ah, I guess that's a part of Game Hinge as well. But it's just a, man, it's like a short story. Uh, and put the music and it's just Trey. Like with the light on him. And I mean the band's playing but he's telling the story. And 30,000 people who have just had their faces rocked off with Harry Hood are quiet and listening. It's, oh my goodness. And that should be enough, right? Like that Esther Encore should be enough, but they rock it into a 46 days. Ah, I know none of this stuff means anything to y'all, but I hope that you hear the, like just the total joy and excitement that, that I got in all of that. I walked out after the show. I mean, we walked out and I just kind of followed the big crowd. That was wild. Um, and I didn't go out the exit that I should have gone out. And so I was on the other side of the garden which was fine. I mean, I just had to walk a long way back. I mean, I ended up walking like 25,000 steps on this day. Um, end up back at the hotel, showered up, got in the, got in the bed and, and put on some bowl games probably and, and fell asleep. And, and man, that was, uh, that was, that was day one. Well, there's not really a uh, not really a halftime. That's just a little division between um, that and then what I have written down here is some other thoughts. Um, I I realized as I was thinking on this trip that um, I'm an idealist. I think I, I I'm an I- idealist kind of guy because I can feel like the hope and the energy and all the positivity from all these tens of thousands of people. But then I think about who the individual humans are and what we do as individuals and what we do even collectively and how that's not always happy and positive and joyful and, and, and constructive. Um, but even so, like, even so I, I cling to the ideal, maybe because Dr. Karskaden's quote still resonates with me that what ought to be will be because that in the end is what's real. 
I thought about the fact that I like to take early flights. I like to fly out very early in the morning. And the reason why is because I, (laughs) because I think that the air is calmer then. Like it hasn't been disturbed. Like all these other planes haven't flown through. The, The atmosphere hasn't gotten time to heat up or whatever, like on a lake with all the different wake and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if that's real or not, but it's real for me. I did hear these teachers. This is actually from second night. So I'm kind of getting ahead here, but I heard these teachers talking and about how, about how they were both teachers. And so, you know, I'm solo and I'm not really trying to talk to other people, but I was about to get into this conversation. Just, you know, fist bump. Like, yeah, teachers, baby. And then the one asked the other what she taught. And she was like, Oh, I'm an online teacher for a homeschool group. And I mean, whatever, man, no disrespect, but okay, come on, man, come on. Um, I really did get so much from flying in and seeing the, just the, the, the grids of subdivisions, the, the, the energy supply that you can see flying over the way that the coastline is, is it, is that symmetrical? Like, or is it, is it just a beautiful asymmetry? Like, I mean, just the the view from 30,000 feet and and descending and ascending was just, it really was a marvel to me. Like I I am, um, man, just just really something. I thought about how to spell bougie. If I'm going to be bougie D, my my kids tell me that it's B-O-O-J-I-E or even B-O-O-J-E-E. But bourgeoisie is not spelled with a J. It's got a G in it. So I'm a B-O-U-G-I-E guy. So if you're gonna if you're gonna address me as bougie D, then you gotta spell it B-O-U-G-I-E. Anyway. Um I'll play that division again. That way we did have that as, as halftime. I am, uh, I'm on this journey now of, of, of self, self discovery. I I deleted the Instagram app just a little bit ago. It's, it's interesting because I put up a post. I thought about it while I was at the river this morning. Um, one of the things that I'm discovering in my counseling sessions, I had my second really grueling one yesterday and as I'm um, shedding some of the, the trauma or allowing it to, I don't know, man, I don't know how to say it. It's really difficult. Um, but one of the things that I, I'm, I'm coming face to face with is I, I don't, I don't really know who I am. And I think that I've been able to create in fashion so many different, I don't know about personalities, but just different aspects of me. And I I know when to put those forward and that's not necessarily bad. I mean, part of that's part of that's how we relate to other humans. But for me, in in a lot of ways, it's been a defense. It's been a deflection. And in deflecting, I don't experience the emotions that I have. They just been locked away. And when, when kind of confronted with, with who I am, I, I can't really fully answer that question or I have a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of doubts. And so I did, I, I deleted Instagram because in so many ways, even the broken parts that I put up on Instagram are fashioned and, and curated, you know, 
And as I put that up and and, and said, I'm taking a, a leave of absence from Instagram, I wanted to stay on at least for the day. Like I'm rationalizing in, in my head because I want to see who likes the post and who comments on the post and whatever. Like, but that's, that's the point. I got to, I broke my addiction to, you know, substances a couple years ago. And, and now it's time for me to kind of move on with this desire for, I don't know, note you noticing what I think the best, I don't know. There's this thing called, uh, there is a song in Game Hinge called Wilson. And Wilson's kind of the evil lizard king. But um, when I look at this rug in in the counselor's office, uh, in the counselor's room there, it's, uh, I can see, anyway, that's weird. I'll have to take a picture of it though. I don't know how I'll show you because I'm not on Instagram anymore, um, at least for a time. But but you know what? I, I am clinging to the numbers 24601. Jean Valjean, you know, like he revealed his identity. He revealed his true identity, even though it was going to cost him, even though it might cost him everything. He revealed his true identity so that he could be true to others. And that's something, man. And so I want to lean into that, you know, 24601, who am I? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm... Maybe I, I think I had this on one of the survey things I did a couple of weeks ago, maybe um, about imposter syndrome. And I think I commented that I didn't know even what that was. But as I read about it yesterday in the psychology book, I fear that I'm going to be unmasked. I fear that if you knew who the real me was, that you would think I was a a phony, a fraud. <laughs> yeah. I haven't dealt with that much, but when I read when I read that yesterday, that was something else. So I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Um, I realized too that I I bristle was the word that I wrote down. I, I don't want I don't want you to think that you understand me. I don't want you to think that you know me, and probably because I don't even think I know me. And so I don't want you to assume that you understand that you have been through what, what I. I've been through and and I'm saying that in terms of I'm realizing this kind of stuff and that creates a real loneliness when, when I can construct these types of barriers to never believe that you even have a shot at knowing who I am because I don't even think I have that shot. But um, I don't want to assume that about you either. I don't want to assume that I understand what it means to be you but but I do want to start dissolving those boundaries. The chaos and the wave are not two. They are not two. Well, this episode 41 has been a Church of Six production. Brought to you by the Token of Hope. This too shall pass. Brought to you by the bucket of life. By the foundation tower of stone. By the wall of belief. And by the magic rock. And soon I think we're going to have to add in the fire pit circle outside. Got to come up with a good name for it. It should definitely be a sponsor. 
Nothing divine is desperate. Don't forget to believe y'all and be live. Peace, my friends.